oh, th this is the idea, you know, you know, how, how did you, you know, go off like this far, this far with this idea? Um, it just, it just felt impactful to me, right? Like, I, I, you know, I was always doing other things, but I was like, man, but if I could do anything, I would definitely do this, I'd do this project, right? It, it, it feels like it's, it's something more important than me. It's helping out people besides myself. And, and, you know, if I can do that and, you know, make a living in the meantime, you know, that that's great. Um, so that was really it, but I just, you know, the, the timing didn't feel right on it because one, I, I didn't know how to particularly build an app. I didn't have the resources around me to really grow and, and, and scale a company. Um, so you know, I, I didn't really go on this path until it was, you know, we were at the right time. And fortunately around 2018 was, you know, I, I got surrounded by the right people, people that had built out apps before, um, you know, people that focused on teaching a younger audience about financial literacy. And I was like, okay, now it's go time. Um, so it's just, it, it's really cool because everybody on the team, sometimes you have, you have companies that you may like to work for, but it's not necessarily mission driven and purpose driven. And, and that's how it feels, you know? So we, we all kind of come into the office every day, the virtual office every day, just ready to, uh, ready to make this project better. And it's just cool being around a group of people that are inspired because we, we know that if we do this right, um, you know, we, we can really bring upon an impact in, in the world. And I, I think we have the right staff to do it. And I also think we have the right partners to do it as well. Yeah, so what, what do you see this like going towards in the next five to 10 years? Um, I see it as a tool to, to teach people about credit before you have access to it. Right now, the only, the only way you really learn about credit is if you are informally taught it by your, your parents uh, or you just you know, kind of learn the hard way. You see what causes your score to go up and what causes it to go down. So if we can make this something that's fundamentally instilled and installed and in systems, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout the, the country and then, you know, eventually throughout the world, that, that would be the way that we, we would want it to go. You know, having credit be something that needs to be taught in schools, mandatory, um, you know, making it something that's so simple to understand that parents understand it just as easy as their kids do. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the credit bureaus, I, I, I don't necessarily think they set out to be, uh, you know, to be evil. Right. But, they, you know, they have they've created this complex scoring system that nobody understands but them. And that's the part that needs to change. So if we can really bring some simplicity to that, um, yeah, I, I think we would have done our job. Definitely. So I know you mentioned your like team a little bit earlier. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? And how, how did you meet them? And like, what's the, what's the best part about them? Um, and, you know. Yeah, so. First person I built this out with is, is our head of product now, Matt Cohen. Uh, and, you know, the first app he had built out ever scaled to over like 100,000 users. So he really understood what it was like to, to be a tech founder, but he was also a non-technical one too, which is, I was coming from that same perspective too. So he really understood what to look for when, you know, making those next hires and, and trying to find your, your, technical, uh, you know, your technical team, be it internally or externally. So just over late nights with a bunch of pizza, we just started like, sketching out our, our initial wireframes. And, and then from there, once we had that, then we went to um, our, our guy, John Saunders, who was our design and content lead. And he really flushed out a lot of the UI um, around the wireframes that we created. And, and I really suggest to a lot of people that are the non-technical co-founders, 
or non-technical founders to go about it this way to really make your like your prototype as visually appealing and clear as concise as possible so by the time we got to our cto's you know he's uh, he's internal on the team there was no guesswork for him he didn't have to become a designer you shouldn't pay your developer to necessarily be a designer he's a developer so by the time we got there it was this just visually appealing app that we needed to get him to to connect um so I think we brought a lot of simplicity to his job. So then, you know, it was there. And then we realized, like, we're building this app and our tagline is we're teaching kids credit. Like, how are we actually doing that? Are any of us, do we really have any experience in that space? And it's funny, you know, uh, so my best friend, Mike Gross, is our head of education and COO. And, and when we were, you know, we talked like every day. But a lot of times with your friends, you don't necessarily know what they do. You don't, you don't spend time talking about their jobs. So as I was kind of telling him about what we needed for Kitty Credit, he's like, Evan, you, you know that's what I do. I was like, well, not really. So <laughs> um, we, you know, it turned out he's the perfect fit. So um, just the core of us, you know, really started on this journey, kept going, brought some amazing people along the way. Uh, Natasha Valley, she, you know, really keeps us organized behind the scenes, does a lot of our social media efforts. And, uh, you know, we just hired a chief mom. And then we, you know, some additional development support. So just along the way, we found the right people, um, you know, and, and it's not just necessarily about how impressive they are on the resume. It's about cultural fit. And, you know, they've all been just fantastic cultural fits for us. So, um, you know, and they've been around for quite some time. And sometimes you get more out of people when, you know, when they really believe in what you're doing. Definitely. So one of the, so I know you're a, uh... Are you a technical or non-technical founder? I am non-technical. By this, the, I would call myself semi-technical at this point because I ask a lot of questions to my technical team, but I, I am by no means the person that gets in the weeds of the deck. <laughs> nice. So um, how has that been for you? Like, Do you see any roadblocks with not being you know, semi-technical and coming into this, this tech industry with, with fintech? I think the, the key is, again, you just need to be able to know your product right like so if, I, if somebody was asking like what's your tech set like okay we developed it in this for the server we use this for the database we use this just being able to answer those common questions will get you far um because you don't want to have zero ideas as to how your 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 app is built because you, you know you'll be a prisoner to your developers so if something <laughs> goes wrong then you can't that you know that you, you really you, you might even have to start from scratch um so I, I think just asking a lot of questions, really trying to be involved in the process, even if you don't understand, there's little things you'll pick up. You'll be like, oh, okay, so that that means that data collects there. And then this this means like this functionality. So you, you start to put things together and, and uh, I, I just try to be as, as hands-on as, as, as possible with that process. I do I do check in on the Git, GitHub um, quite often, even though I have no idea sometimes what I'm looking at. I, I it, it's It's very important to do. Nice. So let's go back a little bit to when you when you first started entrepreneurship. Um, you know, I, I, I saw on your Twitter. You know, you asked your mom. Was it was it thirteen? Yeah. For yeah. for the business plan, I was like absolutely insane. Um. So how how did you like learn about startups, and how did you get into this uh, world of of startups? Um. So you know, again, that entrepreneurial mindset was on from an early age, even before the computer, I had uh, I had um, had a lemonade stand, and 
just continually trying to find things. I, I always had that mentality <laughs> of if I'm going to work, it's either going to be for myself or it'll be in the form of sales because I feel that, you know, those are the two jobs where your compensation is a direct correlation to how hard you work. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was really where it started from. You know, I was the only child, so I was always a curious kid. Um, so those, you know, those character traits just, you know, they carry over into adulthood. So was it like any moment um, where, or like, were there any startups that failed when you were, you know, pretty young back then? Oh, yeah, a ton. <laughs> I remember in elementary school, me and, me and a, a homie of mine named Yemi, we had did a... Uh, we had like 300 pages of loose leaf paper and it was like, I, I, I hope it's somewhere because it was like the, the most basic ridiculous that we had this entire clothing line designed of like the most simple drawings of like clothing and it, it was called EY wear. And, uh, you know, we, we swore we were going to be bigger than bigger than Tommy Hilfiger and FUBU and everything at the time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was my first experience at a failure. Um, and then, you know, but through the years, you know, we had additional ideas that we would work on and none of them ever really panned out the, um, you know, the way that that I wanted them to. But I, I learned a lot along the way. I, I think it all shaped, shaped me up to, to be the right person to lead this business. Because if this was my first business, I, you know, there'd be there'd be little things that would just really overwhelm me, you know. <laughs> yeah. payroll hr taxes financial you know pro formas legal all the operation things behind the scenes that if you just don't take care of the right way just end up being a a lot of problems down the line um and i mean i'm still learning stuff but i, I can definitely say that i was way better equipped to you know to lead the team the size that we have now because of my previous failures. So I can't say, I can't call them failures. I would say through my previous expensive lessons. <laughs> Definitely. So like, how did your role evolve when, when the company, you know, started growing? Um, you, you kind of realize like you don't have to do everything anymore. When you're a startup founder, like you're every single person, you're, your HR, your sales, your marketing, you're, you know, maybe even the developer, right? But and for you to really grow and scale, like everybody has to uniquely be their own role within the company. And, you know, we start to kind of figure that out. We look at everybody's roles and responsibilities. And from that, we're able to determine, you know, who needs to do what. Um, so I would say, I would say that now, you know, it's more so strategy and leadership. Uh, that's where my role evolves to, um, and and accountability. You know, it's running a business is is difficult, inc incredibly difficult, but it's also easy, right? Like if you if every if it's you figure out the goal and you work backwards, and then if everything was to be hit on time, then you hit your goal, right? But obviously, it doesn't nine times nine point nine times out of ten that's not going to be the case. So you start to figure out what you can do to, you know, hit those goals and deadlines. But if you just start to like really piece it out in that type of manner, um, you can create some sort of structuring and, and get things, you know, get things running smoothly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, but was like, what would you say is like the most important thing you've learned 
you know, during your childhood or the less, the most important lesson you've learned that, you know, you still bring on today? Uh, I would say the way I deal with people. I mean, you know, we're all different. We come from all different walks of life. We bring a lot of different cultures. We bring a lot of different attitudes. We have a lot of different perspectives. We have a lot of opinions, some stronger than others. So just being able to have the flexibility to deal with different personality types, even if they may not mesh all the time, um, you know, being able to communicate in a way where people feel that you heard them, but they can also hear where you're coming from. Um, I would say it's one of one of my uh, one of my better skill sets. But um, yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing. You know, I just again going back to being a curious kid. I just I just took in so much from so many different people, um, and, and it really it, it made me a more patient person. Yeah, so... and you need that in in leadership sometimes. Definitely, you know, like as a startup founder myself, it definitely need that. Um, but like going, go going towards like uh, you know, this this kitty credit. Uh, so if you would start from you know zero again and and build your way back up, what would you do differently? Um. Or would you I think not I would, I think I would have no yeah I mean I really like where we are I mean you know I, I think I, I had to kind of go through the things that I did to really get to where we are so um, you know I, I would definitely say moving on from this project you know years down the line we have a successful exit or whatever we have uh, you know you I've really started to develop my brain trust right and before you're taking on any type of significant time suck, you can say, look, about to go into this space. Anybody have any insights? Like, how can you get smarter? So it's like every, and that's what we're, we're, we're better at doing now is, is saying like, look, okay, somebody's going to take on this role, but how can we help them get smarter within that role? And that could be, that could just also be like taking on a new industry. So I, I would say getting doing it again you know i would focus on that which i think we did relatively but i would i would try to understand the landscape even more before i started i think i just started and figured out along the way which is kind of what you're supposed to do right like you know that's that's one of the biggest reasons a lot of people don't don't start is because they want the perfect start um so truthfully i wouldn't change anything but i would just say if i had to start something else I would just try to have the most experts around me as as possible. And that doesn't have to be like advisors you give chairs to or anything like that. You know, I, I think we did a lot of that in the beginning, but it's just just a good brain trust around you to be able to start something so you're not going in blind. Yeah, definitely. Um, but one question I had is if you had, let's just say, 200K more or a million dollars more, what would you... Mm-hmm. You know, spend it on, um, you know, with it. Uh, development, yeah, <laughs> development and, and like QA and testing. Um, you know, and and you know, with that, you can really make sure you have product market fit before you put it out there, and and because you don't have to necessarily bring forth metrics to try to get you to the next level. Um, 
but yeah, I, I would just run a, you know, have a very dev intense team and then just have a very solid testing pro- process. So by the time it's, you know, we are ready to, to launch, we can do this controlled launch where it's just like, we know people love it. We, you know, we've tested it with thousands of people and um, yeah, that, that would be my, my advice. So for the newer people here or new people in the startup world, how would you describe product market fit and how, how would, you know, they reach it? Product market fit. I mean, you, it's really no way to explain it. It's like, you'll know, right. <laughs> it's like friends are, you know, organically sharing it, you know, they're, they're, they're downloading it. Like, you know, it's just a bunch of inbound interest coming your way. Like the, the metrics on how long people are staying, whatever the activity in the app they need to do is just, you know, they're doing it. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of when you'll, when you'll know. So it's, it's going to vary based on what your product is, but you'll just know when it really starts to hit its stride. And then, you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you refresh the numbers and it's like, it's like a product version of, of, I don't want to say going viral, but just, you know, there's just something that's existing now beyond you. People love it and they want to talk about it. And there's, you know, it's, it's going up on its own. So has there been a time where it wasn't you launched your product it wasn't product market fit and you know you can you can get that amount of users rolling in um and and you were really frustrated like ready to give up Yeah I mean with so with our even with Kitty Credit you know it's always been a challenge cuz we're you know we're 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 growing by the day and we um but you know we never really spent anything on marketing so we've always been just very, uh, very diligent about our next steps. Because the one thing too is, you, like, you know, we don't want to have a bunch of people download the product and it's not the best version of itself. So I would say, in businesses before, they weren't necessarily tech platforms, but you know, product market fit could just essentially be finding your customers. Uh, you know, I, I had a cleaning business at one point, and you know, it was like cleaning would come in maybe once or. Uh, you know, a couple of times a day and then you know there was like two huge clients and then all of a sudden it's just phone rings off the hook so it, you're, you're never going to it's it's going to take a bunch of different micro efforts in different directions but it, you know it'll connect and then people start to know what you're doing and, and you know never give up because a lot of times you don't think people are paying attention but they are yeah definitely um so so how are you like marketing everything? Um, and did you start off? Did you only focus on the marketing of the product, or like before you got the tech people? No, no, we focus on product first. You know, so all of the interest and in, in stuff that we've gotten to this point, it's really been a lot of it has been organic. You know, we we wanted to, you know, again, it's like you don't want to market something and then get them there, and then it's not necessarily the product that they want or the product that they expected. Because then they're not going to, you know, you're going to miss an opportunity for people to download it, like it, share it. And that person that they told, they downloaded it, they liked it, they shared it. Uh, you know, you can you can get a big boost in, you know, in, in downloads, but that, that's only temporary if the product isn't there. So we always try to go back to making the most product-focused next step. Yeah, so... Like you're basically building a referral program inside there to get to basically get like how are you building this referral program and how are you making it work in essence so, or are you not so building a program for referrals? So we're we're testing a couple different ways of going about it. Um, 
But yeah, what we want to do is we want a parent to say, look, I use kitty credit. You can use it too. We, but then also on the flip side too, we want the kid to say, look, I, I use this to track my chores and I love it. You should ask your mom to download it for you. Right, like that type of, you know, there's two feedback loops that we, we have the ability to, if we, we get them both right, then, you know, that, that's two advocates in two different markets for our, uh, for our product. So we're excited about that. Yeah, definitely. Saw, saw some of the ways you're, you know, marketing and advertising and the videos. They, they're absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. So if you, would, if you would, you know, have the chance to choose three investors you would go out to lunch with, who would it be? Good question. Um, I wouldn't even say just investors for the sake of like money. I, it would really be like big anyway, ideas, advisors. people. You know, yeah. So I, I would say um, Barack Obama for one, right? I think he has a decent worldview. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Elon Musk to hear kind of just how how he how he thinks crazy. Um, Third would be Jay-Z. Um, I feel like, you know, the, just in terms of his ability to have stayed relevant, never been, never been like the biggest selling artist at one particular time, but just over time stayed consistent. And then when you look back, it was a great career. I, I think that's the great product. We don't necessarily have to be number one in the app store for, you know, a couple weeks at a time, but if we're, you know, top 100 for uh you know 100 weeks that means a lot more so um yeah i think that's a good three i'm i'm, I'm certain that it's it's never interchanging list I, I get asked that question sometimes but yeah as of today as of june 28th that, that would be the three yeah this is the most current list yeah are there anyone in fintech you you look up to um no uh yeah for sure i mean i, I think you have an amazing amount of companies i mean Greenlight and, and and step they're killing it so is goal setter um you know you, you have some companies like bank boulevard and, and, and mochafi um and i mean you have the, the big ones like plate and, and and stripe uh definitely stripe i mean what they're they're doing is awesome and there's a company down here miami pipe um they're, I think they're rev- revolutionizing how, um, you know, people can find creative ways to to get access to capital now for their business, right? If you have a, a great MRR and, and ARR, that's, you know, recurring revenue, um, you may not necessarily need to seek investment. You can use a channel like that to take your subscription model, um, get a, you know, a cash infusion now that you, you need to, to grow your business. So, um, yeah. That would be my, my, my short list. Definitely. Um, so, like, with, with, you know, coming into this tech industry, uh, and I'm going to assume that, like, coming into it, you didn't really know much people inside it or investors or how, you know, like, the process of, of how a tech startup worked. How, how did you get yourself, like, into it? Um, you know, and how was finding investors? Uh, or people that are interested in your product that actually believe your product. So how how was that for you? I, I think you like it sounds crazy, but you just start, you know, like you just find a starting place. 
And then, you know, I, I kind of went into it a little all over the place. So for somebody that's like, you know, and I was fortunate to have a decent, decent network. But just if I was to start from scratch, I'd be a way, way more diligent about it. I would reach out to somebody, figure out if they're interested, not interested. And regardless of whatever side of the coin that is, if they're interested, great. And do you have two people that would be just as interested as you? Okay, you're not interested, no problem. Is there anybody that you think this would be a fit for? And I really keep track of that. Like use it in a CRM, like determine your follow-up. Like I think one of the best things you can do good or you know regardless if they want to be a part or not is just do what you say and just follow up you know you sometimes it's like even those i might get those annoying like linkedin follow-ups or you you know or a sales call or something like that and i've been that person too that that you don't want to hate like here you go here goes evan but if if you say they say follow up in two weeks and you follow up in two weeks or you know maybe not right now but let us know next quarter and you follow up next quarter it's like, you know, that's signs of organization. That's signs of a good founder. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I think that's, that's very important. Just keeping everybody updated, it, it's truly appreciated. Like, I, I think we live in an age where there's so much going on, there's so much noise that if you can just be a model of consistency, it'll help you. So did you like start right immediately when you had this idea or did you, wait a while and then start it. Yeah, no, I waited for like eight years. I, I, I owned the domain for kittycredit.com since like 2010. I just, I had no idea how to make an app. I was like, man, one day I'm gonna do this. And you just like kept waiting until, you know, it was like the perfect time. Mm-hmm, until I had the right people around me to be able to do it. Cause I, I couldn't build it on my own. Yeah. So So how did you like have this moment where you're like, Oh, I can build it now. Uh, versus, uh, I mean, that, that was just, you know, like you know being, that was those late nights with pizza with my friend, you know, who, who had built the app on his own. I was like, man, how do we go about this? Let's, let's try it. And that was, that was the start. And, and so how, how important do you think it is to, to find the right co-founder? And what would, you know, this, what would be the perfect co-founder, product manager, in, in your opinion? Um, I think the, you know, the key to that is to just really listen to one another, right? Like how compatible are you? Like, you know, do something outside of the project itself really quick. Like, you know, do you, do you actually like to be around this person? Like, do you, <laughs> you know, a, day, a typical work day is from nine to five, but when it becomes five, if you need to like stay at the office with them for three more hours or like, you know, maybe in the beginning there is no office, like you need to stay in the basement with them for three more hours. Like, is that okay? Um, you know, that's, you know, that's key because if you have a successful startup, I mean, you guys are going to be in it together for the next five, 10 years. So, uh, hopefully, you know, that, that's the goal doesn't always happen, but at least try to start out with that in mind. So it's, you know, I don't think there's no recipe for, for vibing with one another, but, you know, definitely try to find people where that is, or if you may not, you know, click. Like personality wise, just make sure you don't clash. Yeah, definitely. That's extremely important when it comes to like finding a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and one last question I had is, what do you think about like sharing ideas um, or sh- sharing ideas in general? And w- what do you think you can share it when you think you're, you're like finding it? 
I mean, if you're not like coming up with the cure for cancer, right, or something that's like you, you just you can't tell anybody about, like it needs a patent. Uh, I, I don't think you have to be overly protective of your ideas. You know, um, I think a lot of people make that mistake early on. Like uh, an investor, if you just have this, uh, you know, this concept, and then you say, "Hey, but I need you to sign an NDA first. Uh, again, if it's not like something with like a secret patent or something like that, you know, feel free to talk about it because if you just focus on if this is what you set out to do and you just continue to make the product the best version of itself, like nobody's it, nobody is going to the, the majority of people are not going to take all the time that it takes to even keep up with you because you're super dedicated in it. Right. And then you're going to have competition. It's like, you know, it's like when Lyft started, they're like, or, you know, like, well, what about Uber? Like, yeah, we, we know, we know Uber's there, but we're still <laughs> going to start this. And like, you know, they're doing just fine. So, um, you know, you do have to play defense, but you also have to play offense when it comes to your ideas. <laughs> yeah. No, th this has been extremely interesting. I got to learn a lot from this. You know, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, I, I've looked up on your past interviews and that they have been extraordinarily interesting. You know, your backstory on how you got into entrepreneurship and, you know, your, er your early, you know, uh, grasp on entrepreneurship. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, if you don't mind you can you know share some stuff uh afterwards love love to chat um but yeah thank you so much for coming on no absolutely man i'm, I'm again i'm i'm very very impressed with what you're working on um i would love to stay in contact with you and help you on your journey any any way that i can yeah definitely you know love your help you're absolutely amazing with, with all that you know coming into it it's absolutely no. awesome uh, no, no worries, man. Keep up the good work, man, and let, let's stay in contact. All right. Sounds good. All yeah. right. We'll talk soon. All right. Talk soon. See ya. Bye-bye.